I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Okay. Welcome. Welcome. I got to tell you, I'm going to be very transparent here. Um, we just recorded part of the episode and we had the, my mic wasn't working. And so I'm re-recording, which means that you're getting version two, which is going to be even better with Dr. Not Mr. But Dr. Travis G. Perry, the author of the number one best-selling book, Achieving Balance, the soon to be number one best-selling author of Balanced Growth. And in fact, his book is launching tomorrow. So you can get your copy, make sure to put that on your calendar. We'll give you the link in a, in a little bit. Um, he has his own podcast called Balanced Growth, The Balanced Growth Show, um, founder of the Make Time Institute. And he's, I mean, he's not uh, an ER doctor. He has his doctorate. So this means he's about to put some like really smart shit on us right now. And I'm going to I'm going to step it up. Like I'm going to be so smart in this. And since this is take two, it's like, I already know what he's going to say, but I'm going to make the questions even better. So um, I know that's not relevant to you, but I still want you to know, because I like to be transparent. Um, I'm going to tell you one more fact about this guy. Um, He's got seven, seven, seven children, seven children. And I tested him last time. I won't make him do it again this time, but he knows all of their names and ages. Very impressive. And wife of 20 years and a baby on the way. Now that my mic's working, I can put it in the mic and I can even whisper soft nothings to you. So Travis, thank you for being here, buddy. Absolutely. And I always like take two. It's always better than the first. So it's like, no I never, it's like I never do a take two because I'm like, I think it's lame. I like I like to be, you know, kind of on it. But now I mean yep. we'll just go to the good stuff because now we'll I kind of go know. straight to it. Uh, we'll go straight to the good stuff. We'll cut because we never cut stuff because I just like to be real. Um, so okay, here's what I want to know. You talked about achieving balance, and I, I do want to give a plug for my husband because I know you did the way we got connected is you did a book through Epic Author, which is my husband's company, and he helps business right. owners use their book as their most powerful marketing tool. Um, so I'll do a little plug for Epic author, you can check out Trevor Crane. But um, I will say this that we, we didn't say before is that um, you, I mean, Tr- Trevor, my husband talked a lot about you and how much you care about people, how you were so coachable, how you're such an action taker. You obviously got great results in this program. He was bragging about you all the time. And it says a lot about who you are as a person. Obviously, ha- being a dad of seven says a lot about you already too. But um, tell us, let's jump right into this balance thing, because yeah. I always call bullshit on balance. And like, I don't, I don't even know what that is. Cause it seems like, you know, a lot of people think it's, it's equal or equilibrium and I don't see how that works. So tell us a little about yeah. like, what does balance mean to you? And uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. I think it's important we talk about, yeah, I have seven children who love me <laughs> and they know my name, they know who I am. <laughs> I think that's a really important thing. I actually had a client, potential client one time who said, hey, I want to help you through balance. He's like, can I interview your children? I thought that was a really weird request, but I so like that because if my kids are like, yeah, I don't ever see my dad. 
And I asked him, that would break um, your heart. That would break my heart. But, you know, my father growing up, I actually wanted to be a pilot. I loved flying. My dad took me out on my first plane ride and I was in love. Literally, I was like, I want to do this. That would do this. That would do this. How do I do it? For a couple of years, I thought I was going to be a pilot. And then I started interviewing them and I found out that they all lacked balance. They were controlled mm-hmm. by the commercial airplane, you know, the airlines. And, um, and I was like, you know what? I don't, I like, I love this. I love this feeling, but do I want that for my family? And at age 21, I had to make a really grown up decision. And I said, that's my passion, but it's not my purpose. Hmm. I had a very similar experience. It was not about piloting or flying um, or anything in the sky, but it was a pie in the sky dream. And I, I don't I admit you probably heard this from Trevor, but I used to be a singer songwriter and I had this, you know, I was basically like doing these silly, like coffee shop things You know, I'd go and do these gigs. And I was, I was doing my little tour and it got to a point I really wanted to get there, whatever there is, you know, to, to have success as, as a songwriter, um, a singer songwriter, really as a performer, cause I'm more of a performer than an actual writer. Um, but it was challenging of course. And I really remember seeing like this woman play and she was pretty successful, like in the singer songwriter world, like, which means most people in the world, like, uh, of course, don't know who the heck she was. Even someone who was kind of big, like Dar Williams, everyone listening probably has not heard of her message me if you have, because then we know we're like in sync. But, um, and then I was wondering, I was thinking about like, how much money did she make? And does she have a home life? And like, what's her family life like? And I was like, I thought that like, even if I made it and I wasn't that good, but I thought like, I'll probably be making 60 to hundred grand a year, which seemed like just a struggle, which didn't need. It's like, not like I needed a ton of money, but it just felt like a lot of work being on the road. And then the mm-hmm. number one thing that got me to throw in the towel and say, like, I don't want to do this was after touring for like a year and a half, I was like, this path does not like the road does not end where I want it to end. Like it's going to like, even if I get what I want, it's not what I want. And it was exactly like you said, like I would have been semi successful because if I work hard enough, I can be successful. Even if I suck, like I know I could do it making maybe 60 to hundred grand a year. Cause I get a written song. One of my friends, Chris Trapper, he's a phenomenal songwriter. He's got stuff in movies and whatnot, but he even told me when I was thinking about quitting, he's like, Robin, the only reason to do this business, to be in the music business is because it's the only thing you're, you're good at, or you will ever be good at. And I was like, peace out, man. I could be good at a lot of things, yeah. you know? And he did it because that was his passion and his purpose, but yeah. he said it yeah. like, I was really yeah. passionate about it. I love performing. I still do, but it was like the end result of not having time with family and being on the road. Like I didn't want that. Yeah. And even now when I'm doing keynotes and you mentioned about, you know, being able to be home and stuff like I'm, I want keynotes, some keynotes, but I want to be very selective because I just, I'm not going to leave. And I have young kids, like I'm not going to leave my family all the time and not be present to them. So that's, no. that's good. I love you even more already. Um, <laughs> so, so, so that was important to you. And then you chose a different path and you actually were a financial advisor. Tell yeah. us a little about that. Well, and, and that's, how that that's, came how, about. that's exactly how I, I fell into financial advising. I'm like, well, I interviewed these pilots and I, and I knew that they, they didn't have balance. And one of my best friends growing up, he never saw his dad. And I remembered that. I was like, oh, dang. So when I figured out that that wasn't the path forward and I, I saw my, my own father 
who is a business owner. And quite honestly, he wanted me to take over his business. That's a story for another day. We won't even get into that. But what was the business? It was a plumbing business and he made great money. Wow. And you know, I just, it wasn't my passion. It's not. Did you, you see know, a wasn't. lot of your dad and a lot of his crack? <laughs> my you know, dad was to, not a plumber, crack plumber. <laughs> in fact, that, that I will tell you this, they always tucked in their shirts and wow. they, they were the kind of, pl- you would like, these plumbers, they would put, we would put, we, we would put um, construction paper on all the hallways. We would clean the rooms. Like we were known as the wow. clean plumbers. So no butt cracks and no dust all over the place. I had to we, crack that joke. Okay, you had done, to crack I'm done, I'm done. It. You're good. Okay, You're keep good. going, keep going, keep uh, going. It's totally See, the second fine. round is better. I did not crack I've, any of those jokes. <laughs> I've heard all the plumber jokes and I can crack more plumber jokes if you want, but we'll, we'll lay off that. Anyway, so the, the reality was I wanted my dad's flexibility. I saw mm-hmm. him. He was at my games. He was at the most important parts of my life. He helped me. He was a very involved dad and I loved him. We had a fantastic relationship. I know that's not this, you know, not everybody has it. So I'm a fortunate person, mm-hmm. uh, very fortunate. So, and there's two parts to this one. I started interviewing other business owners. I'm like, well, I don't want to take over dad's business, but what could I be? What could I become? And I found financial planning. I was like, whoa, they have flexibility. They make lots of money. You know, and that was a big thing. I wanted to have a big family and obviously we do. Um, and I want to provide for them. I didn't want to have a poor family that was just, you know, struggling all the time. It's stress, financial stress can kill you. And so I wanted some of those things. I really gravitated to the industry. But here's the thing. I went to school, got married, we had children. I started my own business and I fell into what I call the workaholic trap. I outline it in my book, Achieving Balance. And I talk about this from a, in a financial advisor's perspective. I worked with financial advisors and I, you know, I asked them a lot of these questions, but I found out that I was stuck there. And someone who wanted nothing to do with being a workaholic I realized because I started my own business as a financial planner, I was right there. And here I am trying to do everything at the same time. So balance is not equilibrium. Balance is not doing everything at the same time. Balance is living your highest priorities. Now, I didn't learn this lesson until my father at age 49, I was 26. My father passed away from a heart attack. Oh, I'm so sorry. We call it the widowmaker for a reason, because Mm -hmm. one of the very first symptoms that you experience is death. The heart has several main, you know, arteries that, and and several other arteries that come in and out. And of the four main, one of them was 90% clogged and he had no clue because blood pressure is just that over time. Interestingly enough, kind of a plumber analogy that pipe was clogged. And ironically, here's a guy who goes around and helps everybody with their plumbing. And he didn't know that his own heart um, on a mountain bike ride, like he's trying to be healthy for Pete's sake, Mm. um, passes out. His friend who is an EMT works on him for half an hour before the helicopter shows up. They pronounce Mm. him dead at the hospital. It's really dramatic. Um, I was floored. My mom was just destroyed. And I helped her as a financial advisor. Do all the things plan the funeral, do the obituary, help her pay off her home, do the life insurance transaction. My very first life insurance claim was my own dad. Oh, killing me, man. So you would think, gee, Travis, like 
you should be this incredible financial advisor and just go out there. And like people ask me all the time, why aren't you just stayed in the financial planner? I did. And it actually made me super passionate about what I did. But because I was so passionate, I wanted to help people with their health. And I saw their health problems. I saw their relationship problems. And even people were making great money. I saw their financial problems. And I'm like, well, managing money and helping them with their goals isn't enough. I wanted to do more mm. because of my dad. And I'm like, okay, I can't bring back dad. Um, I do believe I'll see him again, but I can't bring him back. But what I can do, I can help other people save their lives now. So do you believe that what you do now is like really helping with health and had your dad had more balance, like you think it would have prevented him from having a heart attack? Yeah, I think he had lots of flexibility. And so yeah. he would break away and we would do these things. But I do think he struggled with balance. Mm. Um, his heart was in the right place. Like, ironically, his heart was in the right place. It just wasn't physically as healthy as, as he thought. Um, Is it because like when you don't, you don't have that feeling that you're in balance where you're making time for the highest priorities that, I mean, like you're saying about the heart, like it's stressful. It's stress. like weighing on your heart. It's like this yeah. feeling of being torn. You know, there's a lot of analogies there, but just like um, you're kind of torn up inside that like it, it feels stuck when you have that, you know, even in my throat now, I'm just emotional because of the story, but like, it feels like there's something stuck when you want, you're, you're acting one way and you want to be somewhere else, or you want to exactly. be spending time somewhere else. And I fully believe I started listening to like Joe Dispenza and I'm like super excited to listen to more, but like, I really believe that we can heal ourselves and we can, you know, control all that. And I have uh, ulcerative colitis and um, I had, it actually went away for a long time when I was pregnant and breastfeeding. And then it came back just recently, like at the beginning of the year. And I was like, I don't want to just get on medication. Like I know my body can heal yeah. this. I know I'm capable of this. And I came to realize I was more stressed than I let myself believe, you know, I've been working on that, but also like changed my diet and all the things. And like, it took two months, but got rid of it. And I don't know that it's gone forever, but it's like, controlled, you know, and I, I feel really good about that. And I've been working like, so I hate to say working so hard, but intentionally on being better, you know, and, and balance is not what I would usually describe it as I have had that equilibrium feeling that that's what balance means, or that's what a lot of people say. And I, I think that there's no such thing as that, but I love your definition. I love, and I think that makes a lot of sense for me in my life because I used to, when I was, um, when I was a financial advisor, when I was doing like money coaching, I, I taught something called money parenting, which is how to raise financially responsible kids by leading by example. And, you know, I found that, um, that it was like this, when I always said, don't give your kids presents, you know, P R E S E N T S, give them presents as in more time and presence with them. And, um, and I do feel like I'm very much when I'm working, it's not like I'm fully, fully present, but with my business, like I love what I do and not all the time, but a lot of the time. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm trying to be more present, especially with my 16 year old, you know, more present with them and really talk to my kids and more present with them. And that it's not no necessarily about the time I spend, but it is about the quality time that we spend together. So yeah. um, I love that. Great points. And again, for me, I was starting to feel that, um, that pull and that pull that you described, psychologists call it cognitive dissonance. When mm -hmm. you are struggling or believe to 
uh, opposing ideas at the same time causes stress. And I love to explain it like this because I know <clears throat> I'm, I'm a little bit of a lead foot. And w- when I hit that stoplight and it goes yellow, we have to make a split dis- second decision. Do I slow down or do I keep going? And if you hesitate, you start to get that feeling in your stomach that goes like, you know, <laughs> that is the physiological experience of cognitive mm-hmm. dissonance. Because you have an idea at the same time, two opposing ideas at the same time that are saying, go, slow down. (laughs) And if you don't make a decision, you're stuck and you're frozen. Mm. And I think that's where a lot of business owners are. They're like, I want to be more here with my family. I want to be more present like you talk about. I want to work on my health or I want to connect with God. And and they just choose to be frozen. Mm-hmm. And they're stuck in this, in this, uh, what I call the workaholic trap. So once my father passed away, I went through a whole transition. I got mentoring. I got help for my church, from mentors, from coaches. I did a PhD in understanding human development, how the brain thinks. I did a master's in psychology first. And then, you know, also learned about families. I had a joint PhD. So it was in human development and family relations. But that was after you were a financial advisor. This oh, is what I was after. I, I actually, okay. I actually said I have to leave the industry completely. I mm-hmm. have to go and go back to school, leave it, and in order to become, I call myself balance man. Like balance mm-hmm. man had to show up to fight off. I really chaos. hope you get a superhero outfit for that man. I can picture it right now. You gotta have that on your podcast one day. You just gotta walk out as balance. Did it? Did everything. <laughs> I've got it in my keynote, but you know, I'll leave that for. For those who want to hire me to come speak, uh, it's there. <laughs> but I will tell you this, um, balance man is not perfect. Balance man doesn't have perfect balance every day. Even though he teaches it and trains others on how to do this, it is a constant struggle. Why? Because I have to constantly, proactively make time. How do I do that? Well, I know what my values are. I have an ideal calendar for work and for all the other areas of life. There's nine other areas that I've identified in the book, Achieving Balance. We have 10 areas. So there's no way in the world you have equilibrium in 10 areas. It's impossible. You can't spin all the plates. You can't be everywhere at the same time. You have to choose. Those who make time for their highest priorities will feel balanced. Priority management is more important than time management. Although time management is important, Time management should just be a product of, well, gee, I want to make time for these things are important. So I'm going to go do it. And here's my calendar. My calendar is going to help me to keep that. In addition, my wife is the most important supportive person in my world ever. And I do believe the people who are more balanced will have a better relationship, but it's also the vice versa. Those who have a great relationship with their spouse will have more support to be balanced. So I show her my calendar. She shows me hers. I show her my goals. We work on our goals together. I'm supportive of her. And that is the key. And I think this this is where I start into, well, how do you grow your business? Well, first, one, you need to have balance. If you want to have balanced growth, get balanced. But if you're saying, well, Travis, I only work, you know, 30 hours a week. I actually have great flexibility and balance. And I have all these things that you're telling me. Fantastic. Some people come to me and say, well, I I don't want to lose that. So I don't want to grow. I don't want to scale. I want to be a solo advisor forever and ever because that's what NAPFA says. That's what the industry tells me to do. I can only have X amount of clients. There's a better way. 
And in my book, uh, Balanced Growth, I have three main points that we go through and we can hit in the podcast if we want to, that we uh, I've been able to show other financial advisors specifically, 90% of my clients are financial advisors who want to grow, but they want to keep their balance. It's interesting because I did a podcast um, not too long ago uh, with this woman, Jennifer Hootie. I talk about it a lot because it was just, I, I love her. And and it's about vivid vision. And it kind of reminds me because one of the things I went to this retreat just right after we had, we had her on the podcast. And then she talked about, um, you know, what do you want in all these areas of your life? And essentially to just, just to envision that and then write it down as if it already happened three years from now. Um, but one of the other things that came up when we went into the business section was about values and core values for your business. And I was like, holy crap, like I've heard about that, but I never took the time to actually like write down my values. And we definitely don't, we never had values for the company. And then we, so if we didn't have them, we definitely didn't talk about them. And so I just recently like wrote my values out and it was really just helpful because it also helped me to hold myself to a higher standard because I'm like, this is what I believe, but I know I'm not always acting like that. I know I'm not always following that. And so how can I tell my team and even like publicly tell my clients that this is what's important to me if I don't live that? And so I was excited about that too, to hold me to a higher standard. And I know like I did some Tony Robbins stuff in the past where you do the wheel, like you said, like you have a wheel and you're like, here are the 10 things. And it's always like a bumpy road, but her or a very, very messed up wheel, but it's like, it's always going to be like that. But it's totally. like, I do think that there's, it's, it's always this work on yourself in order to, and especially when it comes to your values, like understanding what that is. And then when you kind of put your plant, your flag and say like, Hey, this, these are my values. It kind of forces you to live those values. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm inspired to do that. Cause I haven't really done that recently cool. for my, my, myself, but Trevor and I, we just celebrated my birthday and we went on a little staycation overnight in Tampa and we were talking about family values and we want to, we started vision boarding with the kids when we came back um, just after the weekend. And then we started like talking about, well, here are some of the values that we want to indoctrinate in our kids so that we are holding to them. Like one of them is just like to be nice because when they're whiny and cranky and all that, it's like, they're not really living the be nice thing. And I as well do not always respond nicely, you know? So if I have the standard that I'm going to hold them to and they understand it and I understand it, I think we'll all do better. So I love that. Well, Amen. before you tell us these three things and maybe, um, you know, you can tell us real briefly the three yeah, things sure. then they can yeah. go get your book. Um, but tell them where to get the book just in case they're, yeah, they absolutely. have the attention span of, of a child, <laughs> of a human, I should say, um, just right. so they don't miss it because tomorrow again is the launch. Please support yes. him because it's really important that you buy it tomorrow, like on the day, because when you go for number one bestseller, which is really important for credibility. And also it's a fun goal, um, that you do it on that day. So it's actually important yes. to buy it tomorrow. And usually what they do, I'm assuming you you decrease the price. Like, so it's a really yeah. special deal tomorrow as well. Tell them about yeah, it. I'll, I'll, where to I'll go tell you where you guys can go on this one. And I really appreciate that plug. Um, you can go to balanced growth book.com balanced with a D growth book.com. And you know, you bring up a really great point that segues, you know, family is the most important supportive unit in your life. Um, if you don't have a supportive family, friends, and they become kind of your quasi family anyway. But if you're married, you have, you know, family members, share with them these goals, share with them what your direction is. And 
teach the next generation to be focused on their values and their highest priorities because that's going to help them be more balanced in their life. You can give them the gift of balance. That said, if you want to grow your business, I, I, I had a, uh, a coach come to me and she's like, Travis, we're both, we're both serving financial advisors. You're killing it. I'm not. What's going on? Can you teach me your ways? I'm like, nope, that's not what I do. In fact, um, you know, and Trevor was part of this. He helped me mentor me in, in part of this process. I now call the balanced growth method. But she's like, well, can you just, can you just, you know, help me a little bit? And I was like, you know what? Listen, if I, if I'm helping you, I'm not helping others with balance. And she said, ah, that's the problem. I'm trying all these marketing things. I'm trying all these things everybody are telling me to do. And it's, I'm pulling my hair out. I feel like I'm losing my. Balance. Oh, okay. So let me, let me pause a second because I didn't quite understand that story. Yeah. So I, yeah. I might've, I might be too tired. It's very possible because yeah. I didn't sleep enough <laughs> and it's late today and I've recorded a few podcasts, but um, when you said she came to me, can you help me with my business? You were basically, she was basically like, can you be my business coach? Not just right. like, help because you're like, yeah, yeah, of course I'll help you, but yeah. can you veer from what you're good at kind of, and be my business exactly. coach? And you're like, no, because no. I want, I like money. And and I like saying yes to clients and I love you, but like, yes. that's not my, that's, that's not my core competence. And this is what I do. And, and you probably, the end of the story I'm probably ruining is no, that you fine. realize if they have this, they can grow their business and they will. You grow. nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. I didn't it. understand, but then while <laughs> I was understanding, I figured it out. Okay. Finish. I'm sorry. I didn't no, you're good. There's probably other people in there who are going, what's he talking about? Um, so I appreciate that uh, a lot. Because what happened was uh, she's, she convinced me, she's like, listen, I'm losing my balance. And I, I never, I honestly, seriously, I never thought that, oh, gee, you achieve balance and somehow you lose it because you start growing and scaling. I'm like, it's just how I operate. I, I've always only worked 25 hours a week. And I've given you know, time to my church and to my family and all these other places because that's my pri those are my priorities. And if people just do that, they'll be fine. But then I thought, well, gee, they're missing out on the marketing piece. What is it? What, what, was it ha what has helped them? So there are really three keys. And I said, fine, Stephen, I will help you. Um, we'll do this, you know, just kind of a test. Because if this is really causing you to lose balance, I'm balanced, man. <laughs> I want right? to help you. You know, I've got to put on my cape. Da, da, da. Get the cape, come man. To yeah, I know. But superheroes shouldn't have capes, right? I learned that from another. No, but they animation. do need tight, tight They pants. tight tights. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, as, as I began helping her, I realized, oh my goodness, she's killing it. Wait, so this... Her name is Steven. Is that Steven Gwynup? And actually, she she serves financial. Because okay, I got so confused. So I thought you her. said it was a woman. Yeah. Not that it matters, but yeah, like no, no, I, no. I got, a girl. She goes by the girl name Steven. Yeah, I feel like that should be a song. That should be a song. That's you a should good write one. it. It's like send the it to the, her. the boy named Sue, right? Right, right. Okay, and keep going. She, keep going. I know. He I'm goes like, with it. You're no, like, shut you're up. The, the totally listeners are like, please up. let him speak. Please let him speak. I know I'm going to get, I'm like, no, I'm drawing you in. So you listen to yes. the end of the podcast. Yes. Here comes the really important part. Let's do it. Six months later, she tripled her business, tripled. Mm, and, wow. you know, she, somebody who says, well, gee, I have really great balance. Um, we actually, through the process, the balance growth method, she was working 10 hours less because she became more efficient. She was able to delegate more, use automation. Anyway, long story, and it's on my website. If you go to maketimeinstitute.com, Stephen Gwynup, she's one of our testimonials. 
what I love about that is that set me off as I was working with financial advisors who were struggling with balance. I found this again and again and again. And I realized that if I don't tackle the growth part, I can set people up basically to fail. They become balanced and then they lose it because they start scaling. Mm. They start growing. Mm -hmm. And I don't want them to be stuck in a mindset of, I'm afraid to grow and scale because look at my friend or look at my business partner. Their life is horrible. And Travis taught me to be balanced. So I was like, oh, snap. (laughs) I I don't want to... What have I done? Like, and and I don't think that that was an unintended consequence that I want to rectify. Yeah, and it's not. Re- it's just like next level yeah, shit. Next you level. know. Yeah. So you know, if your your viewers are on YouTube, they can see my Balance Growth book. We've already got yeah. it started. The three keys of this are number one, you know, once you achieve balance, you know that's great. Keep keep the balance, keep it coming. But number number one, who is your ideal client? Who is your ideal client? Now, you mentioned this, Robin, like, hey, this is my passion. This is what you do. You don't want to lose that focus. So many times we lose that focus. We lose, who is it we're actually seeking to help? You need to know everything about them. Demographics, psychographics, how they think, what they feel, what it is they're interested in, their values, know their values. And it's super important to know who they are not. Do, you know, if, if you're like, Hey, I'm a financial advisor who loves working with doctors and I absolutely hate working with engineers. <laughs> There's a reason, yeah. right? The doctors, you can take your advice. The engineers are going to question every single thing anyway. But if you actually love engineers and you hate working with doctors, just know that, know that that's who you serve and serve them well. So many financial advisors I work with. They struggled at first knowing who their niche was. Oh, I help professionals. Really? Who are they? Mortgage professionals? Accounting professionals? Oh, I hate accountants. Well, then don't work with them. They don't light you up. If you, do, if you get a call, text, and email from clients who, who they're like, oh, crap, I don't want to talk to this person. That's a problem. That means you're not working with your ideal clients. And I believe in the Pareto principle. You should have at least 80% of your clientele, people who just light you up, you love working with, or work is going to be a struggle. And you're also doing yourself a disfavor because if you're working with that client, you're not able to bring on another client who you could be working with. So that's the first, know who it is you're serving. And by the way, we do have a podcast episode that I did, um, episode 94, back on November 2022, um, how to find and clone your ideal clients. So if you don't know how, Damn. there's some there's some help there, but definitely get his book so you can learn more there. I'll just do a little plug there because you might have so missed that good. episode. So good. All right, and give us the other two and then we'll, we'll have yeah. to say goodbye because I want to make yep. sure that they Absolutely. get it, but they still get the book. I'm going to, you know, leave them hanging a leave little hanging. bit. You need the book, man. Get the book. I mean, girl or man or anyone. <laughs> Number two. Or ideal client. You cannot duplicate yourself. You have to have systems. And systems, meaning if you're asking people to hire you, you're probably doing it wrong because you're setting them up to always bug you, always talk to you, always email you. Even if you're solo, you can get help. You have systems and automation and tools and maybe virtual assistants that can help you in the process. Build systems, systems that are transformational. If a client comes to you, they have a good experience. It's not enough these days. They have to have an actual change where I was this way. 
Now I'm this way after working with your team. That's number two. We talk awesome. all about it in the book. Number three, and this is where Trevor and I and you and I, we totally agree. A book is your best marketing piece. However, it shouldn't be the only marketing piece. I believe in podcasting. That's why you know, I jump on podcasts with you and I have my own podcast. Um, I also do live events where I bring people to these events. So a book is fantastic, but I call this inviteology. Inviteology is finding a common ground, something that that person that, you're, that your ideal client is, and you also have in common. And for example, it might be that, yeah, I want to interview potentially being in my book. I know you talk about this, but it could be, I want to have you on my podcast. So when, when I was you know, uh, uh, trying to get Achieving Balance out there, I got on Michael Kitz's podcast. He called me. And I was like, gee, I could, get, I could be on there tomorrow, Michael, you know, and, and we, we did jump on pretty quick, but then I had him on mine and I found out that quickly I could invite ideal clients to my podcast. And a lot of times after we were done with the podcast session, they would hire me. Maybe like, mm-hmm. Hey, can, can I get some help from you? I've done this with webinars, with in-person events. Um, it doesn't start, uh, just stop with a book. Uh, it, you can continue to use all these different methods. So you'll find me doing webinars a couple of times a month on the balanced growth method. And mm-hmm. we bring in new clients that way. Um, but whatever you do, inviteology simply means it's got to be a win-win for them. They've got to get a little bit from it and maybe it scratches mm-hmm. their ego a little bit or it gives them some recognition of being on the podcast or whatever. But you invite them in and you interview them through their process and then they ask you. Um, this this basic three-step process. I outline it more in detail in the Balanced Growth book. You want to grab that, balancedgrowthbook.com. We actually have on June 22nd, tomorrow, have a deal. You can basically get it for free. It's 99 cents. We'll have that, the Kindle version available for you. And I'll have a bunch of bonuses, other trainings, but you want to go to the website. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon and that's helpful. But if you want the bonuses, you want these other trainings, I'm going to have a ton of stuff for you at balancedgrowthbook.com. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. And we did a nice deep dive and, and we got to spend a lot of time together. Yeah. Um, so this is amazing. So again, go to balanced with the D growthbook.com. Get your book while it's 99 cents. And while there are a ton of bonuses, um, we really want to support him, but also it's going to help you so much. This is invite invitology. That's so hard for me to say, <laughs> but I like that because it's like, you'll benefit from the book. And um, of course it makes sense for everybody to support you as well. So thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time on growing your financial business, the woman's way. Ta-ta. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.